0: Wall Street book club Evan Jefferson brother much love educating elevating because in knowledge is the power that and we'll never, never give it up, up. live <laughs> each other's for the masses When to put your money down how to you watch your assets yeah uplifting others is a passion my brother Evan he will turn it into action new black Wall Street book club you should come read come with us. us yeah we comprehend and discuss yeah. we always come together there's no limit for there's us <laughs> Here comes your host, New Black Wall Street. Even take it away. New black, Wall Street book club. New black Wall Street Book Club. All right, my beautiful people. Thanks so much for joining us again here today on New Black Wall Street Book Club, where black folk do read. You put in a book, we absolutely will find it. Reading Rainbow 2.0 with a purpose. I'm your host, ERGJ, your certified financial educator, CEO of ERGJ Enterprises, ERGJ Black Bazaar and international best-selling author of the book, The Black Billionaires Club, Study of Black Wealth. a study the 12 richest black people in the world today and how they built their wealth, and I just truly believe that if you would like to be wealthy, that's a desire of yours, you wanna be rich, wealthy, famous, all that good stuff, well, you should study wealthy people. Well, you can do that by simply going to www.theblackbillionairesclub.com, www.theblackbillionessclub.com, and pick up the book today. Well, while you're there, you can also check out our club. We actually have a club. Yeah, it's a black billionaires club that follows and does what the black billionaires do. And so you can be a part of that by joining, by deciding to join the club today. uh, We do have financial literacy class. Matter of fact, tonight's financial literacy night. Here on Monday, we do financial literacy. So we can't complain about what other people aren't teaching us. We can teach each other. That's exactly what we do. Uh, Not only that, guys, we do have a... Matter of fact, tomorrow we have our personal development session. That's right. You want to you want to become the best version of yourself. You know, work out some of those character flaws. Well, we can help you to do that because we help each other to do that. You now, Thursday nights we have our business mastermind meeting uh, to help you start that business you've been talking about for a long time. Help you take that idea from dream into reality, uh, and we do that on Thursday nights. So you can be a part of that by simply choosing, deciding to make an investment in yourself. Investment in yourself pays the best interest. Uh, but go by by choosing to. Uh, Select one of the memberships at www.TheBlackVeganistClub.com www.TheBlackVeganistClub.com Well, guys, we're going to get right into this thing today. New Black Wall Street Book Club. We're going through the book, Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice. Everybody put put in the comments below, it's a choice. That's right, it's a choice. Black Wealth is a Black Choice, Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice by Mr. Dennis Kimbrough. Now, this book is recommended reading from uh, Black Enterprise, they say this, that this book should be required reading for all African-Americans truly committed to the pursuit of happiness and fulfillment. That's what Black Enterprise says about this book. Uh, Essence Magazine says about this book, it's an inspiring and powerful success guide. So some they say, hey, you truly committed to winning? Read this book. Uh, you wanna have success in your life? Read this book. Now, many people are probably not gonna get this book? About 95% of people that hear about this are not going to get it. Well. I don't know what makes the difference, but there's a difference between people who decide they're going to go get what they say, what they want, who are going to study, right, and get that thing as well. That's what we do here. Black folk do read. Put in a book. We absolutely will find it. Now, we're in chapter 11, guys. We're talking about the three magic words, and we found out last episode that those three magic words are the right mental attitude. Everybody put that down below. Right mental attitude. That's the three magic words. The right mental attitude. We're going to pick up where we left off at guys. I think we were we're somewhere here. Let me see if I can find find where we at. Uh you hold the key. I don't really know where we left off at. I don't know where we left off but we're going to pick up right here. We read that. We read that. We read that. We're going to pick up right here with the least likely to succeed. Your attitude reflects the real you. We'll pick up here. We might be recovering, but that's okay. Your attitude reflects the real you. It's strange that we're so familiar with ourselves. We're so familiar with ourselves that we tend to take ourselves for granted. We tend to minimize the things that we can accomplish as well as the goals we can reach for some equally strange reason, we believe others to be more capable of success and dwell on our ineptness. Now, that's why I say that when I see or hear about these billion, I'll be like, they can do it, I can do it. I don't believe in anything special about them. I mean, they did make some different decisions in life, but shoot, if they can do it, I can do it. How many guys believe that? Matter of fact, if they can do it, I can do it better because I got better opportunity than they did. When they get when they did it, they had, I got better opportunity. I got more access, I got more opportunity, I got more freedom. If they can do it, I can do it. There remains an enormous gap of undeveloped potential in all of us. A great reserve of talent and ability that we habitually fail to use. Look at today's black achievers who have achieved, who have reached amazing heights. No matter their endeavors, wherever you find men or women of distinction, you'll find a person with the right mental attitude. You'll find a person with the right mental attitude. You need only to think of your friends and acquaintances to prove this. The successful take the attitude that they can accomplish whatever they set their minds to. They have a healthy attitude towards themselves and as a result toward life. Subsequently, they aim high and come to be called successful, outstanding, and achievers. Quite frankly, they are no more brilliant or outstanding than the majority of people with whom they come in contact. It's their attitude that makes the difference. It's their attitude that makes the difference. You know what? I just simply believe that I can do it. About 95% of people I come contact with don't believe that they can do it. I believe I can. And I will. How about you? Now, I don't know what it is that you want to uh, attain, acquire, do, be, have, whatever. At first, going to start with a little bit of belief that you can do it. And then I'm going to do it. <laughs> right, it ain't no, it ain't, it ain't no thinking about. It. I'm going to do this thing, the least likely to succeed. What's going on, Mr. Plant? Thanks so much for joining. Thanks so much for joining, my main man, Mr. Plant, up in the house. Right, thank you. Go good Instagram live and Facebook live. Thanks so much for joining. YouTube live as well. The least likely to succeed. In the winter of 1968, Willie Davis was in, at an impasse. Davis was an all-pro standout with the world champion Green Bay Packers, a man possessed who could single-handedly dominate a football game. At the height of his career, he was arguably the best defensive player in the game. Despite his on-the-field heroics, however, Davis was falling far short of his off-season pursuit to complete a master's degree program at the University of Chicago. Davis had been toiling away for a number of years, but the routinization and rigor made him miserable. He was ready to throw in the towel. After all, he figured he could make a decent living in business without a graduate degree, so why bother? This particular morning was tougher than most. Almost instinctively, David cut his classes and drove to Green Bay, Wisconsin, to discuss his problem with with then-head coach Vince Lombardi. For the first time in his life, Willie Davis thought of quitting. I thought you had classes today, Lombardi said to Davis after greeting him. I had some personal business to attend to, was Davis's sheepishly reply. After seeing that Lombardi wasn't buying his story, Davis opened up and shared his concern with his coach. After listening intensively, the usually fiery Lombardi ignored Davis's self-pity and used a clever analogy to help solve his problem. I've been meaning to tell you, Willie, that we reviewed last year's game films, and the entire staff agreed that you were at your best in the final quarter of every game. For the average defensive end, the fourth quarter is sheer torture. Many players just quit. They don't realize it, but it shows in their performance and it shows in their lives. Uh Uh-oh. Many players just quit. Now notice this, even though he's talking to a football player, he said, Hey, many people just quit. They don't realize it, but it shows up in their performance. Now that means that it shows up in your results. Ah, you ever start to evaluate your results, not your effort, your results. He said, it shows up in their performance, and it shows up in their lives. See, some of us take some of this stuff too small. We think, oh, it's just this thing. No, and if it's that thing, it's probably some other stuff, too. You quit on that, you'll probably quit on some other stuff. This is why when I start reading, I start seeing character flaws in people, like we all got them, but I'll be like, oh, if, if if he or she did this, then it's likely that they'll do something even greater in the same vein like this as well. If they lied about this little small thing, they'll probably lie about something big, too. There's no shame. I mean, that's just a part of their character. So if you quit on this, it shows up in their performance and in their life. But not you, Willie. You're a winner. You never quit anything in your life, have you? I guess not, Coach. David said it Later that afternoon, while driving back to Chicago, David reflected on this conversation with Lombardi. The far-sighted yet humble head coach had a worthy message. David began to think about the many hardships he had experienced during his life. He had encountered the typical problems that many blacks had confronted in a hostile southern environment. The problems of poverty and withheld opportunities. The problems of low self-esteem and shallow dreams. But Willie Davis was a fighter. Everybody put it on the so I'm a fighter. Willie Davis was a fighter. I want to know how many people I got that's watching right now They're saying, I'm a fighter too. I'm just like Willie Davis, I'm a fighter. But Willie Davis was a fighter, Lombardi was right. He had never been a quitter and wasn't going to start now. Renewed and refreshed, he began to apply the same attitude that he possessed on Sunday afternoons to his studies. For the next two sessions at the university's prestigious business school, Davis barely missed the Dean's List by only a fraction of a point before making it in his final quarter. Willie Davis was accustomed to tough uphill battles. For example, in his senior year at a tiny segregated high school in Tark- Tark- Texarkana, Arkansas, Davis was voted the least likely to succeed. Four years later, bent on proving his classmates wrong, he was the only male from his class to graduate from college. After graduate school and teaching in a teaching state in Cleveland, Ohio, Davis sub- subconsciously began seeking fresh challenges. In 1964, his bid to land an off-season sales job with the Schlitz Brewing Company was unsuccessful. He saw the brewery as a unique opportunity and hoped to cut his marketing teeth within a major firm. After several attempts, he finally convinced the company to hire him in its sales and public relations department. Marketing major in American major in college, Davis was in his element. Once on board, he learned all that he could before venturing off on his own. By 1970, He transferred his skills and became the owner and operator of Willie Davis Distributing in Los Angeles, Slit's largest beer distributorship on the West Coast. Two years later, he rejoined the parent company and served on his board of directors. In addition to the distributorship, Davis owns a a wide array of enterprises. He branched out from distribution to broadcasting, buying five highly profitable radio stations within varied markets. From there, he maneuvered his way into trucking, using his company to transport his beer across the country. In addition to his outside activities, he still finds time to serve on the boards of many of the nation's most successful companies, including Mattel, Fireman's Fund Insurance, and MGM Studios. Paradoxically, a man who was voted the least likely to succeed nearly 30 years ago has become one of the most likely to succeed within corporate America. Sit up and take notice as he gives you a hint to his secret of success. I'm often asked, what was the turning point in your life? I want to ask you that today. What was the turning point in your life? What was the turning point in your life? Something for you to think about today. You're hearing about Willie Davis had a turning point. I'm sure that you had a turning point as well. What was the turning point in your life? In response, I'll have to point to my junior year in high school as the catalyst. During that year, I lacked direction and wrestled with a poor self-image, with no idea of my capabilities. More than once, I considered dropping out. As I look back, that would have obviously been a terrible mistake. But one day, while walking home from school, my outlook changed for the better. As I passed the city work crew digging, digging ditches, I noticed from the from their weary and worn faces their disdain for their jobs as well as their low self-esteem. Their attitudes were poor and it reflected in their half-hearted effort. I shuddered at the thought of switching places with them. I didn't want to dig ditches, but if I had to, I would be the best dig ditch digger, I would be the best ditch digger in town. Only then did I realize that attitude meant everything. Everybody put in console, attitude means everything. Only then did I realize that attitude Means everything. I'm telling you guys. Once you uh capture this, and you say, "Man, you know what? There's something about this," and then you start to look at this thing and, and 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 accept this thing, you start to you start to you start to make sure that your attitude stays on point. You start to make sure that you stay away from people who's going to bring your attitude down. You start to, you start to separate yourself from these. Uh, these these complainers, uh, these uh, you start to separate yourself from the Debbie Downers. You start to co- separate yourself from everybody that's looking to cause drama, suspense, and all that stuff. You get away from them because attitude means everything. I knew that my attitude, more than any other factor, would determine my success or failure. Subsequently, I returned to school with a deeper sense of commitment and purpose. Don't let this message get lost. Willie Davis has more than just a good attitude towards life. He has the right mental attitude. He possesses a deep fundamental belief that whatever the difficulties, no matter the obstacles, he will reach his goal. The great majority of people began their days in neutral as far as their attitude is concerned. They depend on external stimuli to determine where their attitudes for them. If things go well, their attitude is fine. But if things go poorly, watch out. Their attitudes will reflect these circumstances. Beware of the most dangerous and destructive force on earth. A negative mental attitude. Everybody put it on, so beware. Beware of the most destructive force on earth. A negative mental attitude. Attitudes and goals. The role your your attitude plays in goal achievement cannot be overestimated. Goals without the right mental attitude are not goals at all. There's no sense in pursuing them for there's no way to reach them. The right mental attitude says I can and I will. I can and I will. I can and doggone it, I will. And when failure strikes as it most assuredly will, the right mental attitude has a fallback position from which it will rally again. Unfortunately and unnecess- unnecess- unnecessarily, too many highly skilled people with impressive academic backgrounds stay on the lower rungs of the ladder of success. Above them can be found a surprising number of men and women with less education and schooling. What is the difference? The three magic words right, mental, attitude is more important than knowledge. It's more important. The knowledge. Jesse Jackson believes the right mental attitude will help you reach any star. No matter how adverse your circumstances, how you react, your attitude is up to you. Even in the worst situations, he quotes. You still have the choice between the high road and the low road. It doesn't take money to buy character. It doesn't take money to buy integrity. It doesn't take money to buy decency. Incredible breakthroughs happen once you face your obstacles with the right mental attitude. In 1969, Dipsy Travis was on the verge of tears as he received a BA degree, a Bachelor's of Administration degree from Chicago's Roosevelt University. Several years later, this scene was repeated when he concluded his graduate studies at Northwestern University. Travis's accomplishments are well-known and documented, but the road to success has not always been smooth. Dipsy Travis was born in Chicago's Southside, the son of a stockyard laborer. After completing high school, he joined the Army and was honorably discharged. Young, energetic, and eager to get ahead, he immediately sought a career in business, but felt inadequate. Why? Because in his own words, I had I was such a poor reader, I could barely hold a decent conversation. Well, maybe that's why we read. <laughs> so we can hold a decent conversation. New Black Wall Street Book Club. Well, Black folk do read. Put in the book. We'll find it. hoping to launch a business of his own Travis saw his lack of college training as a hurdle that he doubted he would ever clear Travis remembers his moments of doubt after high school I wanted to go to college but my reading skills were so poor I thought what's the use even if I started I didn't know if I would ever finish he sat quietly and weighed his options as he came precariously close to dropping the idea of a college degree the right mental attitude helped him to set the record straight Travis Travis met his challenge head on and went into action. Dipsy Travis read, and read, and read, relentlessly, five, six, and sometimes even seven hours a day after work to sharpen his reading skills and an advanced, enhance his vocabulary. How many guys are willing to do that? Matter of fact, he said it was after work. He had a job. Many of us got full-time job, but we won't spend one hour to sharpen our skills. We all got 24 hours in a day, but you make excuses why you can't get better. I'm telling you, if you get better, everything gets better. He was willing to do what's necessary to sharpen his skills for him to get better so his life could get better. You spend hours talking about other people doing something for you. When you could be doing something for yourself, are you willing to commit to getting better, to sharpen your skills? So as you get better, your whole life gets better. As you get better, your bank accounts get better. As you get better, your relationships get better. As you get better, that's something that you can control. You can't control what everybody else does, but you can control you. You can control what you do with the time. You can control that. Are you willing to get better? Great question to ask, by the way. Spend all this time watching TV. All this time complaining about other stuff that you can't control, but you won't take the same time that you have. See, while you're doing that, I'm using my time more wisely. I'm getting better. Guess what's happening? My bank account is getting better. Guess what's happening? My business is getting better. Guess what's happening? My relationships are getting better. And you still complaining about stuff you can't control. See this brother here, he was six, seven hours. Because he knew he gotta be he gotta be he gotta do better. He gotta be better. He couldn't put it on nobody else. Oh, they didn't teach me how to read. No, he went to work on himself. So he reads five, six, and sometimes seven hours a day after work. Here's my question to you what are you doing with your time after work? What are you doing with your time after work? Are you using it wisely so you can get better? So then everything else can get better. Through it all, he maintained the right attitude. Within a short period of self-assured, Travis was reading a book a week, he began to master many of literature's most scholarly works. And then he overcame the final barrier. He took the plunge and enrolled in college. He says. It was the turning point of his life. Today, the man who was such a poor reader is the president of the Travis Realty Company, the Savart Mortgage Corporation and a publishing enterprise. Over the course of his professional career, Dipsy Travis has received many honors, including the International Black Writers Award for his literary skills. Dipsy Travis has learned the secrets of success. He says, discovered that nothing is impossible if you program yourself with the right mental attitude. If you eliminate the word impossible from your vocabulary, if you reprogram yourself to think positively and view your problems rightly, and if you look for the possibilities, a right mental attitude and labeled him to obtain the desires of his heart. Problems are inevitable, people. Yet through the power of your mind, you can exert a great deal of control over your destiny. When Napoleon Hill first penned such statements as anything the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. And when you're, when you're, when you're ready for a thing, it it will make its appearance. When you're ready for a thing, it will make its appearance. When you are ready, it will appear. Well, maybe there's some things that you have in your heart that you want, but you simply aren't ready for just yet. Could that be the case? You are just not ready. Yet. But when you get ready, when you get ready, it will appear. He bases belief on centuries of empirical evidence drawn from human experience. The great illusions called misfortune were when viewed rightly as just an illusion. Misfortune and setbacks are often illusions because we fail to connect the long-term benefits to the negative occurrence. Whenever you are faced with a knotly dilemma, you always have a clear choice in how you will deal with it. If, brood over the, if you brood over the disappointment, you simply magnify your problems out of proportion. It's like taking a pebble off the beach and holding it close to your eyes. This small stone when held close can completely block your view. But if you hold it at a proper viewing distance, it can be examined and properly dealt with. If you drop it at your feet, it becomes a stepping stone. Dr. Eric Butterworth, a unity minister and one of the most learned minds of this century, summed up this idea beautifully in his book, Discover the Power Within You. Man is not in the world to set it right, but to see it rightly. And the right seeing is the passport from illusion to the heaven of accomplishment. If you want to change the world or to be influenced for such a change, you must begin within yourself by changing the way you see the world. I keep my thoughts centered upon only those things that I want to see manifest in my life. I keep my mind focused on the things I want, not the things I don't want. I don't spend much time talking about what I don't want. I don't spend much time talking about the things that are bad. I don't spend much time there. I'm focused on what I want. And I go get it. Let me read this again. Man is not in the world to set it right, but to see it rightly. And right seeing is the passport from illusion to the heaven of accomplishment. Now, how many guys will be honest and say, man, there's been a time in your life where you were deluding yourself. You was fooling yourself just by the way that you perceive this thing called life. You've been fooling yourself for so long. Now, the foolery that you've been dealing with, it turns into not really being honest. Therefore, you're kind of lying to yourself. And then you're going to find people who will agree with your lie so that you can be in like-minded, like, be around like-minded people. And now you're all lying. But then you realize, man, something, you know what? I ain't been looking at this right. Something happened. There was a turning point in your life. And now the same situation, you now see it differently and you respond differently and you get different results. It's a change in perspective. That's why I continue to say, things will change for you when you change. If you refuse to change, things will remain the same. It's about your perspective, the right mental attitude. Things will change for you when you change. The question is, are you willing to change? America isn't ready for a black talk show. Arsenio Hall's time had come. He stepped on the center stage in the game of life. Hall had just gained national prominence by signing a two-year, multi-million dollar contract with Paramount Pictures. In June of 1988, his first movie, the box office hit Coming to America, was released. His good fortune continued with the promotion of yet another comedy, Harlem Nights, again featuring him and his longtime pal, Eddie Murphy. That would be released the following summer. Due to Hall's enormous success, Paramount approached him with the idea of hosting a late-night talk show something he had waited for his entire life. But now that his chance had come, he surprisingly turned down the studio, turned the studio down, not once but twice. Anybody ever been there? You prayed for something, been waiting on your whole life, it finally comes, and you get scared. Nah, that ain't for me. Nah, it ain't. Nah, I don't wanna do it now. Been been waiting on your whole life. Wow, many sleepless nights ensued as uh, Hall searched for the answers and questioned his sanity. By the time our senior Hall was 12, he had already developed a laser-like focus. Every evening, he sat on the edge of his bed long after his mother had fallen asleep, attentively watching his, his idol perform. He wanted to follow the path blazed by Johnny Carson and become the next great late-night talk show host. Hall's admiration for Carson goes back even further. As a child reared in Cleveland, he set up, he set up chairs in the basement of his home and pretended to host some of the most starlit names in Hollywood. Even in college, nearly a decade later, he announced in the speech class that he will one day replace the showbiz legend. After graduating from Kent State, where he majored in speech communications, Hall suppressed his desires. Hall suppressed his desires. Now, this is interesting because I was having a conversation yesterday and I said, I think that before depression that people deal with, I think suppression happens first. I think we've suppressed our desires. I believe we suppress ourselves. I, I believe we suppress our greatness. And then we move into depression. I truly believe I'm like, I was thinking about I said, I think there's a there's a level of suppression that happens to people before they go into depression. They literally been suppressing their God-given gifts for so long. For so long that they move into depression. That's my belief. There's something that happens. There's a suppression that takes place. You not being the greatest that you can be. You not being all that you can be. You not giving all that you got. And it makes you feel a certain kind of way. Like, you know, you can be doing more. You know, you can be better. You know, you can get more, you know it. But you've been suppressing your desires. And then you move into this thing called depression. It's hard to get out of that one. So I said, uh, Hall suppressed his desires and worked as a sales rep for a pharmaceutical company. He settled for less. Everybody put in don't settle for less. He settled for less. He knew what he wanted to do. He He knew what he wanted to do when he was 12 years old. He knew what he wanted, but he settled for less. So he worked as a sales rep for a pharmaceutical company. The pay was good, but the monotony was sheer torture. One night after watching the Tonight Show segment, he decided to pursue his dream. Against his mother's wishes, he quit his job the next day. As an entertainer, Hall delighted in his work. Unfortunately, it didn't pay the bills, at least not immediately. Following a series of breaks as a stand-up comic in Chicago's nightclubs, he left for Los Angeles to perfect his craft. Once he was in California, his skills began to flourish. Through numerous auditions and a little luck, he had established himself as a hot young comedian and promising actor. But in between bit parts and much shorter layoffs, Hall never relinquished hope of one day entering late night viewers, entertaining late night viewers. And now that his moment had arrived, you would think he'd be poised and prepared to make the commitment. Amazingly, he was hesitant. Amazingly, he was hesitant. Everyone was telling me, our Arsenio recalls, it's hard, too hard to crack into the late night ratings. Television isn't ready for a black talk show host. This is America, they said, and you can forget it. I began to listen to this nonsense. How many guys have stopped chasing your dreams because you've been listening to nonsense? You put it all away because you've been listening to nonsense. You stop going after it because you've been listening to nonsense. You literally listen to people who won't pursue their dreams and they talk you out of pursuing yours. Listening to nonsense. Does he make the right decision? As uncertain as to whether television was indeed ready for a black talk show and advised by those close to him to reject Paramount's offer, Hall hesitated. Place yourself in Hall's position. Unfortunately, we live in a negative world. A world in which we continually meet people who try to convince us that what we want to do can't be done. In truth, every successful person in history has been told many times that what he wanted couldn't be done. The important question is whether or not you or anyone else will allow negative inputs to prevent you from taking action. Thankfully, Arsenio Hall thought clearly and considered the facts. And then fate intervened on July 21st, 1988. While promoting an upcoming movie, Hall appeared as a guest on The Tonight Show. Here he was, at last, sitting in the chair, to the right of the man, Johnny Carson, who had inspired him for most of his life. It was eerie, he remembers. I sat there watching the master at work. I soon realized the opportunity that was before me, it was my goal. Right then, I decided to accept Paramount's offer. I said, the hell with too hard. I had to trust my own judgment all my life. I wanted to do what this man does. You know you say? He said, the hell with too hard. In order to make the correct decision in any situation, you must be able to think clearly and accurately. In order to make uh, the correct decision in any situation, you must be able to think clearly and accurately. What's up, Mr. Beatles? And approach all the facts with a healthy skepticism. Achievers who possess the right mental attitude learn to trust their own judgment and the right mental own judgment and are cautious no matter who tried to influence them. The accurate thinker recognizes all the facts, both the good and the bad, and assumes the responsibility of separating and organizing the two, choosing the facts that serve his needs and rejecting all the others. The majority of people who fail to accumulate riches sufficient to meet their needs are easily influenced by the opinions of others. The majority, the crowd, this is why I continue to to impress upon you to walk away from the crowd. The majority, the crowd who fail to accumulate riches sufficient to meet their needs, broke, busted, disgusted, are easily influenced by the opinions of others. They permit newspapers or friends or relatives to do their thinking for them. You know one thing I decided to do? I've, I've just refused to think for somebody else now. As a coach, if somebody's trying to help people, I am not going to think for you. Unless you pay me. A lot of people trying to get everybody else to think for them. Because they're so inundated with the issues or with the entertainment or with the opportunities in life. They never take the time say, you know what? Right now, I'm not going nowhere. I'm not getting on the phone. I'm not getting on the internet. I'm not doing nothing. Right now, it's time for me to think my way through this. I'm smart. I'm able. I can come up with some solutions. I just need the time to get inside my mind and think. Everybody put the console, think on purpose. Think on purpose. I truly believe that the world, that's one thing it's trying to get you. It's got trying to get you so busy doing not a whole lot of something to keep you from thinking your way out of it. Thinking your way to freedom, thinking your way out of debt, thinking your way to that business, thinking your way to your million dollars, your billion dollars, your trillion dollars, thinking your way to health and prosperity. The whole world is trying to keep you busy, to keep you from using your most valuable asset, your mind, to think. Opinions are the cheapest commodities on earth everyone has a flock of opinions ready to be heaped upon anyone who will listen. If you're influenced by opinions of others, when you reach decisions, you will not succeed in any undertaking. If you are influenced by opinions, when you reach decisions, you will not succeed in any undertaking. Now, the good book talks about this. It says that you do not have what you ask for because you ask amiss. You're unstable in all your ways. It's simply saying that you're influenced by so many things. You say you want it, you start going after it, somebody talks to you, you start going the other way. You're unstable in all your ways. If you're unstable here, you're stable in everything else. I don't write the book, I'm just repeating it. I think I got it right. This is the New Black Wall Street Book Club. Well, black folk do read. You put in a book, we absolutely will find it. In the comments below, I'd like for you to share something that you took away today, something that you learned. We don't do this just to do this. We do this to make a difference. We do this to make an impact. We do this to change your life. My question is simple. Was this worth your time and why? Time is something else that's very valuable. You can't get it back. We want to make sure we invest our time and get something in return. And we hope and pray that you got something of value today here on New Black Wall Street Book Club. Now, I know I talk fast in the type, so while you guys are typing that out, what it is that stuck with you, what it is that you're taking today, what it is that you learned, what's your takeaway today? I do want to invite you to join the Black Billioners Club. You got an opportunity to walk away from the crowd. You have that opportunity. You can choose to do it. It may take some courage. It may take, you know, it may take cutting some people off, but you can choose. That's one thing we got is choice, free will. You can keep doing what you've been doing, keep getting what you've been getting. Or you can walk away from the crowd. The 95% of the people who are doing a whole bunch of nothing. And get with some achievers, get with some winners, get with some people that's gonna help you to accomplish your goals and build your dreams. Is that worth is that worth it to you? How how valuable is your dream? How valuable is your idea? How valuable is that? How important is it that you have the things, the desires of your heart? How important is that? Simply go to www.theblackbillionaireclub.com, www.theblackbillionaireclub.com. Make a $10 or $20 decision to change your life forever. You won't invest in yourself, nobody else will. Mary said, hey, step away from the crowd and make sure I'm giving time to my goals even after my nine to five. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kevin Rob said, don't be influenced by others' people's nonsense. Yeah. Another way to say it is resist, resist the ignorance of others. Ava said, knowledge is power. Especially when you use it, when you apply it. Yeah, that becomes powerful when you apply the knowledge that you got. Absolutely. Well, guys, I'm ER ERDJ, a certified financial educator, CEO of ER ERDJ Enterprises, ER ERDJ Black Bazaar, and international best-selling author of the book, The Black Billionaires Club. I want you to remember this: that it takes a village. And it starts with us. Let's build. Let's build these bank accounts. Let's build these businesses. Let's build our community, but most importantly, let's build each other. And let's do it together. We all we got, people. We all we got. But guess what? (laughs) That's more than enough. Until next episode, Mr. DJ, hit the music. New Black Wall Street, Book Club, Wall Street. with your host, Evan Jefferson. Evan Jefferson. it's time for us to go. Yeah. Now you ain't gotta leave the computer. But we encourage you to get out there and learn and apply all the things you learn at the new Black Wall Street. Book club, book club. Yeah. The new Black Wall Street. The new Black Wall Street. Good, <clears throat> good,